I just want to begin by welcoming everyone to the Rothko Chapel this evening. Uh, if this is your first time here, this bit of information will become old school after your second and third time here. But if you would, please turn off your cell phones and refrain from uh, taking pictures. I think it allows us to do a couple things. One is to be able to really have uh, uh, your attention in this space and really enjoy the space and also enjoy the people who you're sharing company with this evening. Um, just a little background on tonight's program. Uh, we started a conversation on criminal justice reform uh, in 2017 with a symposium in the spring entitled An Act of Justice and Doing the Legacy of Mass Incarceration. This evening's program is unique in that it is a continuation of that conversation but it also kicks off our biannual um, Oscar Romero Award that we give to um, courageous human rights advocates. Uh, this year, we will be honoring two people here in the chapel on November 12th, uh, Burundian Pierre Clave Mombonipa, and then Houstonian Catherine Griffin Grignon. And additional information about this series of programming um, is in your program. I also want to lift up the underwriters for tonight and all the staff and volunteers that made this evening possible. It's also in the back of your program. So if you could just extend a warm round of applause for those who helped make it possible, that's great. Now I want to say one thing about the decision to focus on criminal justice reform. For us here in Houston, as in New York City, as in every corner of this country, ending mass incarceration is truly a human rights issue. Some of you all may not know, but today, there are over 2.3 million people held in incarceration, and that's in local jails, youth authorities, correctional facilities, federal and state prisons across the United States. And the direct cost of that, you may have heard, costs about $80 billion a year. But when you factor in the economic toll, which is larger, such as accounting for lost earnings, child welfare, health effects, reentry efforts, the figure could be as high as over $1 trillion a year. One thing we know here in Houston, there are many people that are sitting in Harris County Prison tonight because they simply don't have the money to make bond. And instead of being sent home, or monitored for really minor crimes, they're finding themselves in prison, in jail. So we decided to start this conversation uh, in the spring because it both has economic and moral implications for our society. Likewise, the effort to reform the system entails and involves all of us. Um, and one thing I've learned through this journey this year is there's so many people engaged on the reform movement that come from so many walks of life including the artistic community. And we're so welcome to have with us at the Rothko Chapel Ensemble Pie. I can't tell you how glad we have you here because, as I have learned, you're an essential voice in the reform movement um, in this country. And bringing your gifts and talents show us that, in fact, all of us have something to offer in this reform effort. There's a lot of information about Ensemble Pie in your program this evening. You will hear a lot more about them as the evening goes through. So what I'll do is I'll stop here and say, with no further ado, Ensemble Pie, guest musicians, welcome to the Rothko Chapel.
My cell is notable for what is not there rather than what is. I don't have a glass mirror. I have not seen a true reflection of myself in five years. The plastic mirror is sold in prison or small, five by four inches, and distort and cloud one's appearance. I normally cut my own hair, but every few years I go to the prison barbershop. And on this last occasion, in the shop's glass mirror, I noticed for the first time some gray hair and a few deep wrinkles around my eyes. My cell is without privacy. My cell happens to be located by the door that leads into the cell house. And so at a wood desk just outside my cell, a guard monitors the gallery. The guard there can see everything I do. So when I use the toilet or wash up, I take a sheet from my bed and use it as a curtain. I tuck one end, one end under my mattress, which is the top bunk, and tie the other end to a hook I pasted on the wall. Even though this curtain is technically against prison rules and can land me in solitary confinement for months, I take my chances. Most guards who sit outside my cell are women, and I'm sure they don't want to see me naked, and so they allow the makeshift curtain. Even if the guard is a man, I take my chance. I need some privacy. My cell is without furniture. I have neither table nor chair. When you first arrive in prison, you're given two hard plastic boxes which you can store your belongings. One is called a legal box. You're only allowed to place papers and books in it. Its measurements are 16 inches long and 10 inches wide. I only know this because I once tried to store an art canvas which was 18 by 12. It didn't fit. The top sides slides back and forth. The other box is much larger. And there I store food I purchased at the commissary, along with my clothes, pajamas, gym shorts, sweatpants and shirts, cosmetics, and my art supplies, including brushes, plastic palette, and tubes of paint. I use a smaller box as a stool. The large box I use as a table. I place my plastic mirror on it while shaving. I play chess with my cellmate on it. I also use it to place my typewriter and TV. My cell is without any kitchen appliances. I don't have a stove or a hot plate or a microwave, yet much of the food sold in the commissary, refried beans, rice, instant oatmeal, and ramen noodles, require hot water. To heat water, I make what's called a prison stinger. The prison used to sell factory-made stingers, but some inmates in anger would throw them at guards. The hot water, that is. The prison discontinued selling them years ago. My homemade device consists of two metal paper clips, an extension cord, and a plastic drink pitcher. I fill the pitcher halfway with water. To get an electrical reaction, I add salt to the water. I then fill a plastic bag or bottle with water and sit it in the pitcher. You can't sit the metal paper clips directly in the water. You can't sit the metal paper clips directly in the water you are going to use for your food because you'll burn the metal that comes off the clips when they are hot. I, pay, I place a paper clip in each hole of the extension cord. Stick the ends of the clips in the water next to the bag in the drink pitcher, plug it in, and within 10 minutes the water boils. I also don't have a refrigerator. To keep things cold like pop or a carton of milk, I place the items of cool water in the toilet bowl. Needless to say, you need to wash the, wash the can or carton really good before drinking. It took me 15 years to finally succumb to begin using this refrigeration method. My cell is without air condition. In the summer months, it becomes like an oven. The temperature outside will be 95 degrees, but my cell temperature is 105. 
I only know this because the thermometer hangs next to my cell door. To stay cool, you move as little as possible and parade around in your underwear. The walls of my cell are without color. The walls, along with the rest of the prison, are painted a pale gray. We can't place family pictures or artwork on the walls. My cell is without space. I constantly bump into my cellmate. I've gone into a few fights because of lack of space. Once I accidentally kicked my cellmate in the head while coming off my bunk. My cell cellmate became enraged. He pulled me off the top bunk and we fought like dogs. There's not enough space for both of us to walk around at the same time. I must lie in bed while he, is finish, while he finishes washing up and he must do the same. The length of my cell is nine feet long. I know this because I walk it 50 times a day to stay in shape. My cell is without quiet. All day, inmates yell, guards shout orders, guards radios blast. Inmates play music on small stereos or their television to full volume. This goes on night and day. On occasion, I plug my ears with toilet paper so I can sleep. Basketball season is particularly hard because inmates up and down the gallery are cheering on their teams on TV. My cell also happens to be directly in front of the, of the, the holding cell known as the bullpen. Sometimes there can be 15 inmates in the bullpen. They're all being held until the moving officer is ready to return them to their cells. Or, as the case might be, to take them out of the building. While in the bullpen, inmates converse with many friends throughout the gallery. They holler and gang code or talk about some recent ball game. Some discuss recent legal rulings. My cell is without a window. I can't see sunrise or sunset or a star or the moon. My cell is without a criminal. I'm now 64. The young ruffian who came into the celebrator to take on the world died a long time ago. Written by William Jones, but this is my story too. Good evening, everybody. My name is Edith Meshulam Coleman, and I am the pianist and the artistic director of Ensemble Pi. Um, I'll say just a few words about Ensemble Pi and especially about this program. Um, uh, it was founded right after 9-11, right after the invasion to Iraq. And it's a socially conscious music group, plays a lot of contemporary music. And uh, this subject in particular, mass incarceration, has been a close subject to my heart. First of all, I do the work in prisons. I, every Monday I drive up to high security prison and I teach music towards a degree. Uh, and uh, so on one hand, I try to do the metamorphosis of the people that are locked there and to give them some hope and life and beauty. And on the other hand, the work outside is to try and change the consciousness and uh, um, approach to mass incarceration. Uh, this program is a very um, mixed of poetry and music. Uh, we are going to hear another uh, poet, poem that was written in Riker Islands by a woman that we've all met, but she couldn't be here tonight, so Joe would uh, read her poem. 
And then the music that was composed was commissioned by us uh, for this uh, specific uh, poem. Then we continue to a piece that is 20 minutes piece. It's called Coming Together by Frederick Zhevsky. That it was uh, based on the riots that happened in Attica in the 70s. And the letter, the last letter that was written by the inmate that got killed at the riots is read again and again and again in the most repetitious and minimalistic way. And uh, Joe would be the narrator of this amazing piece, uh, followed by his own uh, piece of theater. It's just an excerpt from, uh, from his uh, writing and acting. And then we are going to end up with a very beautiful piece, probably one of the most beautiful uh, 20th century masterpieces that exist, written by Messien, that is called Quartet for the Ends of Time. And um, it was written in captivity. Oliver Messien was uh, captured by German soldiers and composed this piece in, in, in prison. And it's a very long piece, but it's, it it's all about the timing and the distortion and concept of time while you are incarcerated, but also philosophically in life and the meaning of time. Thank you very much. Fireflies, these are hard times for dreamers, writing from Rikers Island. It's finally my turn to use the phone. When I get to call home, it really makes waiting in line worthwhile. Even if I only get 15 minutes of conversation, conversation that is usually a bittersweet moment. My youngest child answers the phone today. The pre-recorded message begins in its monotone, computerized voice. This is a call from a correctional facility and will be monitored or recorded. Cutting off his sweet little voice, making me miss his hey, oh, mommy. I know it's there, though. I hear it anyway. Isaac, how are you doing today? I asked my precious seven-year-old son. He answered excitedly, mommy, we went to the property today and we caught fireflies. Oh, Isaac, I bet that was really fun, I responded. What do you do with them afterwards? Do you set them free? I don't know, mommy, Isaac answered. Mommy, are you ever coming home? He choked over his own tears. I carefully replied, of course I'm coming home, baby. But when, he whined, beginning to cry, I had to tell my son, I don't know. The fireflies and I had more in common than I would ever have thought.
I think the combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. I think the combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now, and I can tell you, truthfully, few periods in my life have passed so quickly I think the combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now, and I can tell you, truthfully, few periods in my life have passed so quickly I am in excellent physical and emotional health I think combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now and I can tell you
surprises ahead. But I feel secure and ready. Lovers 
with my environment and the indifferent brutality, the incessant noise, the experimental chemistry of food, the ravings of lost hysterical men, I can act with clarity and meaning. I am deliberate, sometimes even calculated, seldom employing histrionics except as a test of the reactions of others.
most hysterical men. I can act with clarity and meaning. I'm deliberate, sometimes even calculating, seldom employing histrionics except as a test of the reactions of others. I read much, exercise, talk to guards and inmates, feeling for the inevitable direction of my life. There are doubtless subtle surprises ahead. But I feel secure and ready as lovers will contrast their emotions in times of crisis. So I am dealing with my environment
I've uh, dealt with the criminal justice system myself, unfortunately. The first time I went to court, I was in a bullpen, that's what they call like a holding cell, with a, uh, with a Latino brother. And a guard called us. I'll just show you instead. Martinez! As Duran! It's Asadorin. Whatever, let's go, both of you court. Martinez, move! I'm coming, officer. Well, move it! Hey, um, Alex, what's gonna happen in there? It's their first time you're going to court? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Well, the DA gonna talk some shit. Then the public pretender is gonna talk some shit. Then the judge is gonna talk some shit about giving you bail or letting you go. When you get in there, raise your hand and plead your case. I know I will. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna raise my hand and tell everybody I'm innocent. People of the state of New York versus Alejandro Martinez. Okay, all right. Are all the parties present? Delvin asked for the people, Your Honor. Are Calvin Rockwatch for defending, Your Honor? Excuse me, sir? What was that? Uh, my name, Your Honor. Uh, Kenneth Rockwatch, Lead Aid Society for defending, Your Honor. I have no idea what you're saying. And why have I never seen you in this courtroom before? Well, it's my first time practicing, Your Honor, so actually I have two cases for you today. Martinez and I Tell me, how are you going to defend someone we can, when we can't even understand you? I see your client has his arm raised. Maybe he can tell us. Yes, Mr. Martinez? Hey. No habla inglés. Oh, you don't speak English? Well, that makes it two of you, doesn't it? Apparently, you're, my, my client needs an interpreter, right? Apparently, it's you, sir, who needs an interpreter. With all due respect, no need, counselor. I'm looking over this case file, and I'll just dismiss these charges. You're free to go, Mr. Martinez. Next case. People of the state of New York versus Joseph Asadorinian. Parties, for the record. Galvin asked for the people, Your Honor. Uh, can I wash right for defending, Your Honor? Still here, are you? Wonderful. Did anyone ever explain to you in court, that in, in law school, that you maybe you may have to, uh, 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 you know, defend people and, and all that? Well, actually, Your Honor, I, no, no, I mean this is my first time. Okay, listen. But maybe maybe your the client can tell us. I see he's got his arm raised. Yes, Mister Acid Acidurinian. No habla inglés. Oh, excuse me, Your Honor, can we get an interpreter sign? Yes, I think we'll need one. Where's our interpreter? Step up, sir, please, and state your name for the record. Hey, hey, one more dollar, step up for the court. Excuse me, sir, what was that? Hey, my name, you want it. One more dollar, step up for the judge. I think he said his name. Are you serious? You're going to try to tell me what he said? Hey, you want a judge? Shut up, stop it! I can't understand what anyone's saying here. Mr. Ness, is there any plea offer in this case? It's a little early for that, Your Honor, I think, but if the defendant is willing to plead guilty, the people will offer five years at this time. Mr. Acevedo, I find it very interesting that you don't speak any English. According to this arrest report, you were born right here in America. In New Jersey, in fact. Now, even if you left and came back, I would still think you would speak some English. Maybe with an accent or something? What do you think about that? Speak some English. Let me hear your Spanish accent. Can I get to habla inglés? No habla. No, 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 no. English. 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 No say. No, no habla. No, no, no. The next words out of your mouth better be English with a Spanish accent or you are in contempt of this court. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> You're the wrong guy. I told you. You got me mixed up with somebody else, man. Hey, Al Pacino, Your Honor. It's Scarface. Oh, that's funny. You think this is a joke? This is a courtroom. 
you want me to come back in? We start up. Hey, look, look at that glacier you want it. Look at that glacier. You are in contempt of this court. Hey, 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 fuck you, man. There's nothing you could do to me that Castro hasn't already done. So say goodnight to the bad guy. That was the first time I ever went to court. <laughs> and needless to say, I spent some time in um, prison after that. But I'm back now. Rothko. This is great. Thank you. <laughs>
front. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Um, when we began this little journey earlier this year, really last year, thinking about the whole issue of incarceration, what it does to people, what it does to a society, the resiliency. Uh, we have a saying here, art and activism. Sort of like faith without work is dead. Art without activism is not complete. So thank you all for adding tonight, all of you, to the conversation. So one more big thank you. Thank you so much. I also want to invite all of you out on the plaza tonight. I think it's a beautiful evening for reception, time for uh, more visiting, fellowship. And uh, we invite you back to the Rothko Chapel. As I said, thank you for helping us start the 2017 Oscar Romero Awards and leading up to this as this continued conversation. I also want to say that every Wednesday until the, really through the first Wednesday in November, at noon here in the chapel, every Wednesday we have meditation. And part of that was put together as we all are trying to deal with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey and what that means to our community, communities that don't always get heard, folks that are left on the sideline. Even if I wasn't impacted, we have friends and neighbors. So we invite you all to come, take a time out of your day on a Wednesday, just come by the chapel. We're open every day of the year, 10 to six. So come and just enjoy. Sometimes no words are good words. So thank you. Again, thank you. Thank you all for coming. Please stay around and visit some more and come back soon. Have a great evening.